This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. How's it going? We are drinking iced coffee today. This is like my hand is not normally cold on this show. (laughs) I think this is the first iced coffee that we've ever had. Well, there you go, Andy. You have really christened us today (laughs) with the iced coffee. Uh, This is Coffee with Rachel. I'm Chris. And I'm Rachel. And today we have a very special guest here from Seattle. We have Andy here. Hello. Hello. And Andy has been a fan of ours. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, on our last show, he listened to our last show and was like, hmm, I thought, I didn't know I was going to be on a Christian podcast because of the title. (laughs) Totally didn't put that together for anybody that didn't know us looking at the titles of the show. I really didn't think about that. If like nobody had listened to us before and they saw that title, they were like, hmm, what am I signing up for? Um, Yes, so uh, Andy here, we got in touch because uh, we streamed the game Oxenfree on our Twitch. I don't know if you guys caught that. You can actually see it on our YouTube now, youtube.com slash Coffee Crachel. Uh, I almost forgot what it's called. (laughs) Uh, We streamed that for two nights uh, a little while ago, and uh, we got in touch with Oxenfree, and uh, they got us in connection with Andy, who did the music for Oxenfree. And so today we're going to learn a little bit more about Andy, about Oxenfree, about making music for games. Just game development. (laughs) We're very excited about all this. So let's talk about the coffee first. Yeah. So Uh, Andy, what did you bring us today? uh, Slingshot Coffee Company connected (laughs) with Night School and uh, sent this up for us. So it's a cold brew like... Uh, if you're familiar with boxed wine, yeah. that's the it, format. It has a little spout that we pushed out. It's very interesting. We'll have to put up a picture of this because yeah, it's will. very interesting. It came in a bag, too, which is like really giving me that like Canadian milk vibe, which I really appreciated. Uh, this is the Ethiopia one, I think, or it's where the coffee is from. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very good, though. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, it's really good. And yeah, that format, that delivery format's really dangerous. Because oh, yeah. I can sit in her fridge with a little tap below it. That's uh, just too. This easy would be to great. To. I don't know if, who serves coffee at a party, but like this is great for a party. I would at my party. <laughs> I would absolutely. Maybe for your next office function. Yeah. You know, this is great. This is not sponsored, by the way. We're just we're just sucking their dick. It's fine. Uh, so thank you, Slingshot, and thank you, Night School, for uh, providing us with this coffee. It's yeah. delicious. We just like a nice cold brew because it's got that more caffeine, you know, and. What's better? Honestly, I haven't had too many cold brews except for Stumptown and Starbucks's, which... Is shitty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not to drag the party, it's fine. All right, so basically, Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you got into music and music for video games? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was all on accident. It's been a long, circuitous path to making music for games, uh, and all, yeah, very not intentional. Like I didn't oh, wow. go to school for it. I didn't, okay. What I didn't, did you go to school for? Uh, industrial design. Oh, okay. Yes. So I can I can extra appreciate <laughs> the coffee the box. The design of this box. <laughs> and ease of use. Uh, yeah, so I did that, and but it was always in bands and played music for fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then segued into graphic design, and it was, I think, a few graphic design clients were making little like web ads or whatever and they needed music oh okay uh so i stepped in because i was convenient (laughs) and then uh i ended up doing a volkswagen ad that did really well like nationally oh wow and then that's when i just flipped and was 
wasn't doing any more graphic design, was doing all music for ads, and then that segued into film and TV and then into video games. So did you always have like an interest in music or was it just out of that convenience that like it developed? <laughs> uh, no, always had an interest, but it was just really separated from doing it for a living. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was always in bands, put out records, DJ'd, okay. made, you know, sample-based music. How uh, did you get into music? Uh, just loved it since I was a little kid. Yeah. And I liked really weird stuff when I was a kid. So while I did, I went through the usual thing where you kind of get into like pop. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm old enough that records were still. <laughs> okay. They, it was pre-resurgence, like before they, you know, Came they back. were, they yeah. were around and then left. Now they're like uh, ball decor for millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I would get like 45s of songs I liked and then just and I was like 10 years old and I was always already getting like New Order records Okay, and then that would mean that by the age of 12 I was scoffing at people who don't know who Joy Division is oh, oh my god, god. that was horrible <laughs> oh, I just thought so I was funny. so cool but yeah I was like the 12 year old music snob oh. uh, <laughs> but paralleling with that I got really into hip hop and sampling and uh, there's this group called Art of Noise from the UK just made weird music out of like car engines and things oh, and I just okay. thought that was so cool uh, what instruments do you know how to play yeah uh, I started out playing trumpet oh okay Ooh. Chris has a long history <laughs> with trumpet <laughs> so that was oh go ahead I wanted to play the trombone but I was very nervous about it and never pursued it <laughs> I thought his arms were too short in order for that to happen <laughs> yeah um, I'm glad that we could bring that up again <laughs> So that's how I started, and then it, uh, you know, when you play in a band in school, you're just playing other people's music. Yeah. Right. And again, at some point, I was like, "Well, this is, can I just make my own? Mm-hmm. Why? Do, why am I learning other people's music?" But there weren't really trumpet opportunities, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, unless I wanted to play Scott. So I started playing guitar, and then ended up playing drums in a few bands, mm-hmm. okay. which got far enough to like put out records, and then. Uh, I got into sampling. I was already a big fan, but then I I bought a computer and was like, well, I here's a like two hundred dollar recording program, and realized I could plug the record player into the computer and start chopping oh, okay. records up. And so that's how that happened. So I went from classically studied, right, learning other people's music mm-hmm. and reading music to the exact opposite where I completely forgot all that couldn't play any instruments and everything was constructed with samples and then getting into it professionally then I've come back around and so now I can okay you're composing so did you ever get any professional training or anything like that or is it always just like you just like studying music yeah so it was nothing beyond high school music Uh, I think I had private lessons in for trumpet for like a year maybe but okay. yeah since yeah. then nothing no formal education at all and it's just learning by doing and oh, okay yeah well, that's kind of the way that you yeah. have well that's a silver lining guitar. for anyone out there that's like <laughs> i never had a vocal instructor but hey you could have a career yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. oh yeah there's nothing there's no better teacher than yourself yeah. over a period of time so it's just Making tons of mistakes <laughs> first. Practice makes perfect. I <laughs> yep, mean, yep. that's why they say it. That's why it's a cliche. <laughs> so was there anybody or any specific pieces that influenced you or like you 
you find influence like the music that you're putting out now within video games and like your own records? Yeah, yeah. Well, with all that, with the kind of sampling and I don't even want to call it writing music. It was like building music yeah, in yeah, a right. different way. So the early influences there, I, I mentioned Art of Noise, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Bomb Squad, who were the producers for Public Enemy. Okay. Uh, just did some really, really. They used music, sounds in really creative ways. They came off records, but they were using them not as like a melody. They were using it as a tone or a texture, and then oh, using yeah, that yeah. as like a hook. And so it was this completely new way of looking at music. Then there's this guy, uh, Chep Nunez, who wasn't, uh, he was more like a producer, and he did what's called, in the, uh, this is like late 80s New York hip hop scene, or just edits. Mm-hmm. So if you got like a, a Mantronics record or a you know a twelve inch, there'd be dance remixes. He would do dance remixes, then he'd do these mega mixes where he would, and this was when they were recording to tape. So he'd take these tapes and literally slice them with razor blades to make these weird stuttery, chopped up mega mixes of like wow. all the songs on a record. So it's more physical that way. Yeah, you know? that's so cool. Because uh, now we're doing that, I guess, like electronically somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's gone in waves where it's gotten really popular in IDM and uh, electronic music, like right. chopped up vocals and things. And so he was one of the first people really doing that. And again, I just fa- fell in love with this weird mechanical way of making music. And that really influenced me in my own stuff. And then coming back around to DJing, uh, like in the... 2000s, then I got more into like Aphex Twin or Ports of Canada, like mm-hmm. stuff I'd actually DJ. And then I learned a lot. Uh, I would totally, I'd just say like imitating that, like oh, how'd they make this crazy sound and right. learn that stuff. And that's all just stuck with me. So by now, it's just like this mishmash of all these different eras and, and uh, styles of music making that kind of come together and something like Oxen Free. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, now I'm assuming that music is just made differently now. Do you prefer the way that you're able to make music now with all the new technology that we have? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure it makes things <laughs> Which like, is funny because, so Oxenfree is kind of known now as like, oh, this guy is using like cassette decks and reel-to-reels, but I've been through everything. I've recorded mm-hmm. on a four-track cassette player recorder, you know, a little mm-hmm. Fostex okay, thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, the size of a shoebox. Right. <laughs> See my hands here. Uh, through, uh, like, really primitive chopping things up on stupid, uh, I think the program was called Deck on an Apple Apple in, like, the 90s sometime. Okay. But now uh, it's, like, so many more tools, so much more convenient, so much yeah. more intuitive, uh, and the getting from what's in my brain to what I want things to sound like is so much quicker. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. It's great. I can imagine, like, anybody that, like, was making a podcast or anything like that, uh, like, a couple of years ago, even just now, like, the changes in technology have really helped that along, too. So I feel like, I don't know, the new tech helps with audio things. I, yeah. I don't know too much about... Chris is talking out of his ass right I don't, now. I don't know a lot of... I'm learning a lot of stuff about editing audio and through this. stuff yeah. through podcasting. I'm sure it's completely different and from also way making music, but way easier. I'm like typical. using GarageBand for this show. Yeah. So like, well, yeah. yeah, I love it all. And there's kind of two ways things are heading. I'm sorry if this gets too 
detailed and, no, and no. technical and nerdy. I, think but I yes, love so the detail. So, cause, so, so it's, I've evolved with all of it. Like I think I use Pro, Pro Tools as like, I don't know what, I haven't used it for years, but it's like on version 11 or 12 now. And I started in like version 3. So oh, I, wow. Or Ableton. I started on version 1.5 and they're on version 9 now. Okay. So, so I've kind of watched it all develop and two things have really been happening. So something like Ableton has gotten more complex and there's more customization you can do, which mm-hmm. is great for people like me. I mean, you can really, really dig down in something like Max or Reactor, build right. your own synths, yeah. versus there's also this trend towards convenience and ease of use for like iOS devices and things yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah. it kind of worries me because it's great that things are getting easier, but they're also getting rid of like features that... If you're working around them, it kind of homogenizes everything that happens. You know, yeah, if you don't yeah. have the, the ability to customize everything, then you're like, well, I'll just use this one effect because it's the only one they're giving yeah. me. Right. And so I that kind of worries me. Yeah, I can see, like, streamlining it kind of removes, like, just building it all the way yeah. through. So yeah. I can see that. But unlike, you know, the, there's no dominant player, though. Unlike, you know, like, for image editing or whatever, like, Adobe is pretty, yeah. pretty much the the shit and for audio it's there's no I mean there's just like new stuff popping up every day so Mm -hmm. so there's I I'm pretty confident that that kind of crazy weird there's gonna be a tool for everybody every little tiny little uh, genre and style of music you wanna make there's gonna be some uh, special tool to make it happen yeah okay so how would you if you had to describe your style of music how would you describe it um, yeah, that's tough too because of. I'm at this point where uh, I, I make the music I like to make, and I, yeah. I don't. I'm never like disgruntled about a job I'm working on. Yes, okay. but my number one thing is that the whatever the project is speaks first, right. and so uh, I don't get hired for a project and go, well, I you know I, whatever with your plot. I'm going to make this kind of music because this is the Andy show, so screw you. (laughs) Um, I like to take as many cues as I can from Mm -hmm. the game, and so I'm working on a game right now that's 100% orchestral. Uh, I'm doing actually a couple games right now that are very, like, kind of intimate, acoustic. uh, Okay. uh, I hate to use the word small, but it's intimate music. You know, it's not like a big orchestra. Right. instruments. And then something like Oxenfree, where the plot and elements of the story really inform the way the music sounds. Right. Uh, so I still may be like playing a melody like I would on any other type of music, but the aesthetic of it really drives a lot of what happens mm-hmm. with the music. Right. Uh, like there's songs on it, kind of getting back to this whole sampling and resampling. A lot of the songs are versions of uh, other songs on the record. Like, one is just, I, I wrote the song, and it sounds all scratchy. I think it went in through a cassette deck, and then I just pitched it down, so it was playing really slowly, just like... Yeah, yeah. And then I wrote a new thing on top of that, and that was the new song. Oh, okay. So there's this weird relationship with... Kind of just like um, meshing them all together. Yeah. So that works musically. It made a cool song. Yeah. Right. Whatever. But when you get then go back to the game, it's like, oh, there's those tape players. So it relates to something from the game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. things that happen uh, in the, the game's world kind of come back and affect like how the music is uh, even yeah. made at all, let alone 
kind of how it works its way in back into the game as the soundtrack. I'm thinking about like the spinning of like yeah, when you had to rewind the tapes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you're composing music for a video game, do you get like? Because I obviously the music needs to like go with the vibe of the game to like make the emotions like more clear. So do you get to see the plot first? Like how do you come up with the vibe for the soundtrack? Yeah, um, it happens in a lot of different ways, but it's usually depending on where I come in in the process. Uh, it can be really early, in which case it'll be like for a game like Oxenfree a script. Oh, so okay. I was reading scripts okay. uh, with ver- no visuals at all. Uh, with just descriptions of you know characters and the plot and the ghosts and how all the yeah we started talking about radios and okay. the tape player possibilities right uh, all the way to games that are further along so I'm seeing something that might even have it may might be a demo that already has music in it oh, well okay. we kind of like this music like here's uh, what the vibe is if you could build something on that or, yeah. you know, make it your own. Yeah, and I'm really used to that because that's a holdover, or it's very similar to film, where uh, there's even words for it. So temp, uh, they call it uh, demo love or temp love, where you make film and you edit it and you start throwing in music. This as an editor yeah. or director. And uh, so they're basically fleshing out the whole thing without your music in it yet, if you're uh, not in early enough. So I'll use an example from stuff I've worked on. It's like I went into a film project where virtually the whole thing, it was like a couple years after There Will Be Blood. Mm, okay. And so the whole thing had temp music from There Will Be Blood. So it's all this amazing <laughs> Johnny Greenwood music that is just, I love it, let alone, you know, it was great in that film. And so then it definitely helps the director say, oh, this is my vision. But then you're also like, that's a tough act to fight. That is a yeah. tough war to fight. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. Like, you want to dump all this stuff because I'm so much cooler and better. And a lot of times you run into uh, scenes where you're just like, you have to fight constantly. Like, no, mm-hmm. okay, this isn't quite working. Okay, uh, edit. Nope. And you just go back and forth and back and forth trying yeah. to replace that stuff. So anyway, uh, that's the long-winded way of saying sometimes that's the thing is you're... Uh, you have the music like kind of as a placeholder. Yeah. yeah. And even with moods. So again, with Night School, uh, Sean and I traded uh, mixed tapes. So he said, well, here's kind of this, the style I'm thinking. And he put he compiled a bunch okay. of music. That's and funny. I did the same thing. We traded and we even had, like I think, a few artists the same like of all the music in the world okay. we were both like had a few things in common right that we thought would be a good direction okay uh, in terms of like influences mm-hmm. I can imagine yeah. that would be hard to like just have like a script and like not and, like I would imagine no like visual. you want to even just like concept arts or something like that something to give you a visual for like what the mood of the scene looks like. Because yeah. even just, like, the coloring can change the whole thing. Like, you, you know, the script could be really dark, but the visuals could be very light or bright, you know? Yeah. And I have a... I think I have a general composing habit that lends itself to that kind of abstraction or malleability mm-hmm. in that I'm very... I don't really believe in very literal... Uh, uh, com- composing in the sense that it really guides what's happening and it reacts like strongly like think of like a comedy where the music 
yeah. is also like, wah, 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 you know, yeah, just yeah. like, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, so this is going back to this movie ZMD I did where there was uh, a little back and forth in conversation of how, what the score should be like. Cause it's a, it's a zombie horror comedy. Oh, okay. And yeah. so, yeah, so there was somebody involved who was like, yeah, well the music, you know, it's gotta be funny. We gotta remind people. And I'm like, no, it's gotta be, the movie takes itself seriously. The music has to be, it's almost like the music is not in on the joke and they mm-hmm. take it very seriously. Holy shit, zombies. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so that serious tone offsets the comedy even more and makes it, made it stand out more. Right. Um, so I believe in those contrasts as opposed to like, oh, this is, I can, like if it's, if it's a comedy scene, oh, I can make this funnier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so I, that, that's similar to Oxenfree in that, um, was even asked this in a recent interview, like somebody said for a horror game, it's not very horror-y, scary music. And again, we're setting, I was setting a background for that stuff to happen on top of. I was relating more to the characters and how they feel and like the environment and not to the kind of action of the, I didn't really feel that like it was like overly like jump scare horror kind of music. It was just like setting the tone of the island. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's what I wanted to do. And when we were streaming, like everybody was in the comments just being like, this music is lit. Like that's all <laughs> yeah. everybody was saying. Because it was just like, I guess it's just unexpected because it was, I mean, there was like almost like a, I don't know, it was, it was upbeat at times when the plot wasn't, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know, it definitely stood out in a good way. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, yeah. we have a question here from one of our listeners, Madeline, uh, and she asked, do you approach composing games, films, and other media differently than composing pieces for a performance concert setting, and what different factors do you have to take into consideration? Yeah, they're all different. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so like I, uh, the transitions I went through was a live musician who did not care about... I, Records, I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. You know, it was the fun of playing in front of people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think it was the combination of DJing and performing live that really made me think a lot about uh, how music was constructed for those settings. So DJing, I would use... Uh, I started out in turntables, but then I started using Ableton Live, and so much of it's reacting. Yeah. Uh, so go in with the general framework, but then the crowd is obviously not enjoying a song I have the ability to like cut out and move to the next thing quickly so it's like kind of on the fly uh, uh, making adjustments and that was really helpful getting into video games uh, because that modular approach to how music flows works perfectly with video games it's like a film or a song is like you start here and it goes for a while and ends here but a video game can go it starts here and then oh wait now we're going to jump Oh, no, we're going back here. Uh, now, the, you know, you went left when you could go right, so the left, going left has to have different music than right. right. So you're building in this, like, modular approach to how the music flows. Um, so, yeah, that, even though the end results may seem smooth and, like, mm-hmm. a cool song that I would have just written, a lot of uh, video games in particular, a lot of that modulator modularity has to be thought of ahead of time. Right. It's kind of like putting Legos together. Yeah. Like just building different paths. Yeah. Instead of it being like one smooth, slow burn for like, uh, I imagine like 
if you're working on a movie, then that's more of like where it's just kind of like a crescendo. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's it's you have like a whole story, beginning, middle, end. Yeah. And it's not like you know you can take like in a video game like you might do a side mission and then there's like a side song with that. You know, yeah. it's not going to be a side mission in a movie. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so with, um, yeah, like a film, you do have some leeway these days in terms of you get the rough cut of the movie, and if I find a musical idea that can't fit in, or we need a couple extra seconds on a shot or something, there's still flexibility to do that kind of thing, but unlike games, you can't go, well, oh, what if, like, a tank rolled in now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, because it's already filmed, (laughs) and you're done, but in a game... Those decisions happen all the time. So things are getting built up and torn down constantly, even in the process of making it. So in process, you have to be ready for all those changes. But also the final product has to adjust to those changes as well, depending on what the player does. Did you find that you, as you were making the music for this, like you have feedback or like ideas that would then help shape the way the game flowed as they were making it or yeah some of the some of the ideas we bounced around are actual gameplay components so okay. uh, like what's something that you really left your stamp on in the game uh, the the ta- the magnetophones were right okay. something that i brought i was like what if and that was the idea of i just kind of ham-fistedly explain like a turntable and you push it and it goes you can slow the music down or speed it up right but you could do that and i, I actually was like what if you could do that with like a, 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 stick. a an analog stick and like speed it up and slow it down and uh brian the engineer was like oh that sounds yeah that would be cool let's try that and he i don't know what magic he <laughs> <laughs> he 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 did something to make it happen and it was just amazing i was like oh man this is this feels so good and so then it's like well how okay, now we've got this cool uh, ability, now let's put it in the game, Mm -hmm. and then there was a little more thinking about how it would work. How it would function. Yeah. So there was a lot of back and forth like that. That's awesome. Um, They had already had the idea for the radio, but then I really helped with, like, well, this is how radio functions, this is how it should function, and this is how we could use it for, like, a puzzle mechanic. Right. And a lot of that stuff was actually more complex. Like, I'm, I like really, really difficult puzzle games. Me too. Okay, yeah. Puzzle and strategy is, like, my favorite genre. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, what little influence I had, I was always pushing for it. Harder, harder. No, <laughs> make it. Yeah. Uh, but they just didn't, I, and they totally made the right choice. They didn't want any of that to interfere with the narrative yeah. flow. They didn't want it to be like, oh, this was all feeling really good. And then I had to sit and do this stupid quiz game for an hour. <laughs> I mean, they didn't want that kind of thing to get in the way of the narrative. Uh, so uh, some of these ideas were simplified, uh, and then some of them we got to then uh, exploit for the ARG. Oh, okay. Because there's, when that popped up as a possibility, then it was like, okay, great, now I can do all this ridiculous, complicated stuff. So let's talk a little bit about the ARG. So the ARG, what does that stand for first of all? Uh, let's get that out of the way. Do for I listening. even know? Alternate, alternate reality I think game? It, I think I saw <laughs> it. It was augmented reality. Augmented yeah. reality? I don't even know. <laughs> Jeez, that's just what it was called. I actually uh, uh, was referring to it as like a scavenger hunt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's kind for of... the longest time, but then it kind of in I noticed in the press everybody's calling it an ARG, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's sure. ARG, all right. Because uh, uh, like I think uh, Archer just did one. 
the TV show. Oh. Like really, I just read the summary of it, and it was it's insanely complex, but I think they called it a scavenger hunt. Uh, so but anyway. It's basically like, um, it's a part of the game, but you can also have it in your real life. Like, there's something to discover physically out in the world, like, yeah. really. So yeah. maybe just, like, give us, like, a rundown of, like, what that was all about. Yeah. Well, I had done... Uh, a few thing, a few similar things on games I'd worked on previously. I've always, I've always just loved like tricks you can do and weird things you can do with audio, that uh, give you a different perspective. I guess if you yeah. listen to a song over and over, and you then you listen to it on headphones and you hear some weird instrument you hadn't noticed before, and you're like, wow, you know, that's. I've always loved mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and then all the gameplay mechanics and like the radio and the tape player just made all these like weird audio tricks kind of make sense. So we said, well, what if we make some of that stuff happen outside of the game? We're not sure what, uh, (laughs) but maybe we could kick it off. And if it goes well, then we can do something. So that's why in the game. So if you play the game, the only elements, of the scavenger hunt in the game itself is the phone number. That's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and those are just numbers. And so, uh, we did not find this, by the way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we did not find yeah. this. <laughs> we really need to replay it because we we've been like doing a lot of research about the rest of it, and we missed out on a lot of shit. Yeah, I've heard a wiki <laughs> okay. about the ART because I was yeah, like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> well, it is. There's a lot to uh, uh, to keep track of yeah and that was part of it is we Mm -hmm. didn't want it to be something that someone could sit down and like solve it themselves we wanted the communal aspect we wanted yeah it to be a thing that required a community of people to come together and figure it out yeah the only thing in the game is you find the little rock piles the anomalies yeah you tune into those and they seem like innocuous messages but at the beginning of each one is a letter and a number so like alpha like alpha three uh, yeah. Tango six, right? And if you then alphabetize it, and then take the numbers associated with each letter, and that's the that's a phone number. Okay, so I'm assuming you said you really like hard puzzles. So like, was this like part of your idea? Like- yeah, yeah. So I thought, oh, this will be this will be really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, it's tough to just find all those. Rock piles. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Like, that's half we got like two out of ten, I think. I think, yeah. yeah, it was really sad. I mean, to be fair, when we're streaming and playing a game for the first time, it is kind of difficult to like really catch the little things. Yeah. So from now on, all story games are getting played before we stream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's too much. Well, especially Oxenfree's dialogue system, yeah. it definitely and it, requires attention. Yeah, and they kind of like speak over each other at times. So you gotta, yeah. we always have captions up yeah. on the screen just so we can see everything. Which, side note, I wanted to mention because this is another thing uh i'm in not part of night school you know i'm a contractor yeah, so yeah, yeah. Right. It, when i heap praise on them it's not just me blowing smoke up my own ass <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i was uh uh really impressed with how the narrative is structured and how it flows and how it works yeah so again that's going back to like puzzles being too difficult i totally yeah. understand i'm like oh it makes sense they did such a good job uh, making this whole thing flow. Yeah. Uh, and so with the ARG stuff, I wanted to augment it, but I didn't want to be like, oh, this is more story stuff, or this will change the game itself. Mm-hmm. It had to be separate. And that way it's weirder, and it mm-hmm. is less narrative, and just kind of a bunch of spooky, strange stuff. Um, 
but then that lets the game still be its own thing. Right. So, so, so if you don't find it, you're not like totally fucked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but that, so yeah, so that's what it's for is some people really like finding the Easter eggs and digging around. And so that's what this was. That was the first, so that's the first puzzle is that there was something more. Right. It's like, what are these weird radio things? That's Somebody's cool. going to collate them. Somebody's going to document them and record them. So we knew that was going to happen. But then Sean, in an interview, mentioned, he hinted that there was something. And okay. so that set it off. Then people yeah. were immediately like, well, we're going to find this. And it was like <laughs> the next day, it was like, oh, they found the phone number. Um, yeah, were people really quick to be able to figure this out? All the, Yeah, most of the puzzly stuff, if it was obvious it was a puzzle, was solved like within minutes honestly like just seeing like what some of the puzzles were like even just like thinking oh the letters and numbers at the beginning of each anomaly thing Are like spelling that's something, something like i like i can't even like i was too busy trying <laughs> to like focus on what they were going to say next yeah <laughs> yeah so i didn't even like to people that they are really like eagle-eyed to like or eagle or whatever you want to say to like figure that out that's just like mind blowing to me, but it's awesome. Probably people yeah. that play puzzle games like a lot. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then beyond that, then the focus was not on cryptography. We didn't want it to be some deep NSA. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Brainiac thing. We wanted that communal uh, sense to be a big part of how things were solved. Yeah. So the whole the the Twitter stream, which seems abstract and nonsensical, wasn't. It wasn't cryptography in a traditional sense. It was just a string of, of words that essentially did not make any sense until you had enough of them. Okay. And the only thing that needed to be solved is those words needed to be typed into Google. <laughs> and then the, the result that comes up was the thing that people were supposed to be looking at. So did um, you, uh, did you like have a, how much did you make of the ARG? Like, was it your, just the music that were, that you were responsible for or like, creating these puzzles I as mean, well. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did like 90% of it. Okay. Wow. This was yeah. my dumb idea. Okay. So <laughs> it was up to me to uh, handle it, in which I totally took it on. It wasn't yeah, like yeah, it yeah. got dumped on me. I was like, I want to do this. Is that all right? You know, it was more mm -hmm. like I was asking permission to do this dumb side game uh, attached to the much bigger thing. And they were like, yeah. And they were it helped with anything that needed uh, uh, assistance. But it really grew from... Uh, it's hard. It's crazy to say it, but that's the the uh, phone number and the 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 music box that was found. Those are the only two things ideas that existed when the game shipped. Oh wow! Everything else in between was oh no. There's one more thing: the Morse code and a song. Okay. We knew we were going to use for something we didn't know. Uh, those are the only things that existed, and it was because well, what if the game doesn't sell? I don't want to put. All this time. All this time into this thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so some deep part of me wanted it to fail so I didn't have, I could just be done. Like, oh, okay. Me. But no, I really wanted it to succeed so I could do all these yeah. stupid things. So I was watching, uh, actually, on the day that, like, everybody was going out to, like, find the stuff. I was watching some people's periscopes as they were out there doing yeah. that. And uh, one of the things that they found, like you said, was a music box. And you made that, right? Yep. And... How so I guess that's using your... Industrial, uh, design. industrial design. Yeah, so that's industrial design history. I knew these things existed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's got a music box right here with us, too. There might be, yeah, secret reveal. There's a second music box. Ooh, you're getting here first, guys. So, yeah, sorry about the fidgeting. Don't worry. Um, 
but yeah, it's just so I have yeah like woodworking experience from industrial design okay. and we just came upon this as like what what's cool. So this was the main thing with whatever the uh, thing. Pardon that. Uh, the thing that people find had to be cool enough that they wouldn't feel like they'd been had. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Christmas yeah. Story? Have you seen that movie Christmas Story? Yes. Oh, so he yeah <laughs> he's getting he wants like a decoder ring. Yes. So part of the big thing is like saving up to get this or, or mailing coupons or something to get this decoder ring and then he finally gets it and the secret message is drink your Ovaltine. Right. Which is just such a letdown. <laughs> and so that was in my brain. The the anti-mantra was don't tell people to drink the Ovaltine. Like, <laughs> it's got to be cool. Uh, it can't be like crazy, crazy expensive. And then I just hit on this idea of a music box. Mm-hmm. Started digging around for, well, what could the box be that's relevant? And then I found these reasonably uh, attainable uh, World War II era first aid kits, these metal boxes. It's like this really distressed metal box is what we're looking at, and it has, like, if you ever have gone to, like, a general store where there's, like, the pianos that play with the paper that has all the holes punched out, and that's how it plays the music, that's kind of what this looks like. I should probably just, like, take a picture afterwards (laughs) and post it on our Twitter. Yeah, Um, should I play it? Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. And these are, t- it's two songs from the game. And you punched out all of these individual holes on yep. this. Took a while. Did you just stress the inside lid here too? Like uh, no, it? this was actually like that. Oh. Okay. Um, and you just put oxen free on there. Yeah, and then just have this little stamp kit, typesetting stamp kit to do all the graphics. Um, anyway, here it goes. Oh, wait. It's offset sometimes. Oh, there we go. So cool. So, like, so. obviously you're probably not going to say, like, where this is going to be or anything, right? Yeah. Or are you... It, 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 I won't give any details. Away. Yeah. So there's, there's up until now, nobody knew that there's two of these. Right. But let's just say that we needed, I needed to prototype. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> that and makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of experimentation, uh, a few failures, uh, especially with these paper strips. Right. Because, see, they... they oh, yeah, well... People on the radio can't see, but uh, they have the notes written on them. They're wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was uh, uh, writing down, you know, notating to figure out which holes I had to punch, punching them out, and then running through the machine, and it sounded horrible. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> like, like, my musical training is absolutely gone. Oh, my God. Uh, so I did. I sat at the piano and, like, ran it through. Like, I made one with every single one playing and ran it through and listened, and I was like, God damn it. The notes are different on the music box itself than they are on the paper. So I had to like then translate everything, oh, refigure God. out how I was punching the holes to get it right. That's um, gotta be a pain in the ass. So that was the song Lost, Yeah, correct? that was Lost. Um, and the other one that was with it was The Beach, the Beach. 7 a.m.? Yep. And mm. so is there any significance to those or yeah. did you just pick that? No, we picked those two 
uh, lost because it's appears a few times in the game, but the crux of it is that that was Jonas's mother's the song she sang to him as a kid, okay. right? Uh, or played for him as a kid. Um, so that one had almost a relation to something that could be on a music box. And then the beach 7 a.m. is just kind of like a good summary of, at least for me, and we felt a good summary of the emotions of the game. Okay. Which was interesting because we really, really liked the song, but it wasn't fitting into the game in any particular place that just felt right. It got tossed onto the credits as kind of like, well, we'll put it here for now. And then we just realized perfect place for it. Because after you've had the experience of the game and the credits roll, it's like the summary. It just felt so good. It's like reminding you of everything in the game. And then I took that and then backtracked through the game and found places where it could be used for foreshadowing. So uh, again, here's crazy Easter eggs. The wind chimes on the Adler porch. If you stand there long enough, they're playing the melody. From, wow. from that song and then the music during the hangman quiz and on the projector in the Adler basement is the yeah. da, 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 it's kind of like the 50s string uh, elevator version of the same song. I There's so many little <laughs> little nuggets that are hidden throughout the end. And we so miss cool. these things so much. We need to have, are you like sick of this game now? Like, <laughs> oh no. Okay. I'm actually not yet yeah. uh, because yeah, getting back to how games are made and where I am in the process. This one was really strange because I didn't know much about it until really late in the process. Okay. Uh, I was on a Mac, and they were all on PC. And so uh, they were prototyping for themselves. I was like, oh, is there a build I can play? And they go, okay, well, we'll make a Mac build. And they'd send it, and it would, like, crash right away. <laughs> so right. I just, I had art, and I had uh, scripts, but I hadn't played it as much as I normally would yeah. a game I'm working on. So my experience of the whole narrative and how the game was structured was really late in the game. Which was great. Because, <laughs> uh, because there then was a lot of cool mutual decision making about like where music mm-hmm. would be placed. Or I would say oh I made uh, uh, a song for the first scene in the woods uh, and I'd send it to them and they're like oh that's great but it actually works better here. And so there's a lot of this pushing and pulling of where things went. Right. Which, uh, and I think I just generated enough music that it never became a problem. There was no scene where we were like, we're not, we don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Like I said, with the beach, it was, we had enough. It was like, we want to put more in. uh, And there was no place to put it. So. so I want to change gears and talk yeah. about one of my favorite games that you actually have done the music for. So yes. everybody listening knows that I'm a big slut for PopCap, and <laughs> I love Peggle in general because, you yes. know, puzzle games. Yeah. And I know that you did the music for Peggle 2, so um, I wanted to hear a little bit about that and also who your favorite Peggle master is okay. because it's an important um, question. Yeah, so I did some of the music for Peggle 2. Okay. Uh, so that is great because that came about because of a neighbor. Oh, wow. Uh, I was at, and this is actually how I got into video games. I was at the local coffee shop on Beacon Hill talking to a friend about an ad I had just finished for Microsoft. Oh, okay. And I could tell that this guy sitting next to us was kind of listening in. He was eavesdropping. Like, oh, what's up with this guy? He's, he's totally paying way too much attention to what I'm talking about. But then he introduced himself and his name. The guy's name is actually Guy. 
and he was the audio director for Microsoft Game Studios. Oh, wow. And it's like, oh, okay. And he's, I think he was just like, have you ever thought about working on a video game before? And I was like, well, not, not yet. <laughs> and this was. I had not done any video game work. Right. So he was there, and I worked with him on a project there, and then he moved to PopCap to be the audio director. And that's based here in Seattle, guys, yeah, if you didn't know. just a few blocks from yes. where we are right now. Yeah. Uh, so he put together a team uh, at PopCap, and then in the process of them writing all the music for Peggle 2, they realized they had the challenge levels. Oh, God, yeah. And that <laughs> they wanted the same music, but then they wanted uh, some sort of uh, uh, pers- different perspective on it. So I was brought in to do the essentially remixes of all the main level music right. for each uh, master, uh, and so each one became its own kind of remix. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So it's super fun because... I love the music in that game. Yeah, that yeah. was really They really awesome. bumped it up from, like, the first game. Yeah. Which I also like the music in that one, too, but oh, yeah. this was just so different. Who's your favorite master? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go for Jimmy because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Jimmy here's another Easter egg. that In that remix, that's me. I'm the, I'm Shut the, up. I'm the toaster. <laughs> well, we didn't have anybody, and it was a joke. I was like, oh, we'll have, uh, you know, somebody, like, is it Jimmy talking? I don't know. But, oh yeah, so God. then Jimmy uh, pitched down a lot, but, yeah. so that's me. Oh, my God. Because I was like, well, what do you think of this? What, can we have, because, you know, there's, with a company that big and that has such a huge reach with their games, there's issues with localization and it, what languages can you speak and right. so I have him do what he says like get those pigs or something yeah. so I was like can we do this can we do this and they're like oh we have to run it through the pipeline and then they came back with like yes that's awesome but they were like it's fine the way it is so, okay I guess it's me <laughs> so I'm the voice of Jimmy oh, I'm gonna um, have to play that for that and, like, yeah, yeah, you have to yeah the dialogue is someone else oh, uh, okay. uh, but just in the song itself uh, that the guy talking. Is, I think that's is one me. of my favorites from that game too, because that was just like so surprising when you played that game yeah. that it was gonna have like the bass drop and everything. Like yeah, that. and that was one of the really fun things about that. It was kind of, uh, you know, Pop Pop Cap has their specific aesthetic, so we needed yeah. to do something that was still was remixed and cool, but still fit that aesthetic. So it's kind of like fun, jokey versions of different genres of of like darker darker I guess isn't the right word but dance music like trap right or mm-hmm. footwork like stuff that is not known for being happy and, <laughs> and lighthearted. little <laughs> hamster doing his thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of it was really fun to do something like that where it was like yeah where it's influenced by uh, electronic genres but okay. it was definitely a more lighthearted take on it to fit the pop cap thing so I don't know if you still are like in good connection with them, but can you let them know? We'd really like a uh, Peggle 3. We really like one. <laughs> um, Popcap, if you're listening, please. <laughs> Literally any, anything. That they anything Peggle Just put out games. Like, just continue. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, them. I've played a lot of the new Bejeweled, I can admit. Oh, yeah. I've been, we yeah. are big Bejeweled fans, too. Yep. <laughs> just anything, just anything I can really kill a couple weeks with, you know? Yeah. Like, you can put days into these games because you're just sitting here trying to do the challenges. Yeah. And that's funny that you did the music for probably the hardest part of that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so infuriating, yeah. <laughs> some of those challenges, because there's, like, there's levels where you just have to, you only can throw one ball out there, and it has to work, you know? So. Yeah. Well, yeah, and as far as, like, a company's 
treatment of uh, like audio it's like they're they're the top right mm-hmm. now i think guy has assembled like an amazing team mm-hmm. of people to handle sound effects and music and so their approach to everything is uh perfectly pop cap but also like really respects music and it respects like what it takes to make it so that's yeah. that's one thing that's really cool because a lot of like games uh i on that level of like more casual games they treat a lot of that as like throwaway like okay. oh, whatever we'll throw just some. put something in the they put like yeah, a no. song one song on a loop yeah. you know yeah exactly and that's what you see a lot i mean even in like peggle 2 it's like the way that the ball hits the pegs sounds different with yep. each yeah. master like what's yeah. your favorite boing you know oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question yeah <laughs> i don't know i think mine would be uh what's her face the fairy uh-huh. luna? Yeah. yeah no not luna the one that has like the purple pegs is her thing it's like yeah very tinkly luna's no, the ghost fairy girl, yeah oh, yeah i forget her name yeah um that luna the luna remix is one of my favorites too. yeah i like her song the best uh, yeah. out of everyone yeah it might be my favorite i hate to pick favorites but i really <laughs> like that one not like her power up is kind of hard to do like her skill yeah. is hard to do but the song is like and the art for that one is like one of my favorites yeah so uh going back a little bit to oxen free uh, how did you get involved with dice school um Oh, that's this is great too, and this is the way I wish the world just worked. <laughs> uh, another coffee shop eavesdropping. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like uh, even better. Was, so way way back in the day when I was just making solo records, no video games or movies in sight. Um, uh, it was my friend Stephen ran a record label, and then it, he was here in Seattle. Then he moved to LA, and he had he put out records by me. So he gave one to. Our mutual friend Caesar. Caesar gave it to Sean, and this is like ten years ago. Wow. Okay. Uh, Sean had never met me, didn't know who I was, but had this CD in his car and, and had always listened to it. That's so weird. And uh, a couple years ago, I'm sure you guys know about the uproar of uh, trying to do this without naming names, but the the game people, player people who didn't like other types of game people and feminists. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, yes. We, we, they're, they're like Voldemort on this channel. We don't okay. ever mention that yes. word. Yes. You know so you feel named. free to edit this. <laughs> no, anyway, no time. <laughs> uh, uh, so there was a, a, a basically a, um, uh, a petition basically saying we, we stand together unified against this thing. Uh, and so I was like, well, fuck yeah, I'm putting my name on this. Mm-hmm. And Sean was somewhere, you know, in L.A. was like, yeah, of course I'll sign this petition. And had clicked on it, like, two seconds after I had in the world of the internet and saw Whoa. my name. He's like, wait, that is, that's that guy. Uh, that's that guy's friend who made that CD I used to listen to all the time. Huh. And then within that span of time, then that connect, that friend, mutual friend, got in touch with me. He's like... Yeah, my friend was would, would wanted to know if you'd be interested in working on this video game. Wow, that is like, so wild! Uh, yeah. This is just from signing a petition. Yeah, <laughs> but with that this earlier connection of these friends and him yeah. already knowing my music, but then what jogged his memory was my name on that petition. That's so wild. So so thanks, Weird. assholes. <laughs> so now it's kind of like. Hmm, do you believe in fate? <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> like, that, and then the coffee shop thing. I mean, like, what are the chances that you're sitting next to the Microsoft dude? Yeah, yeah. So, it okay, really is. So it we is found weird. the lucky one here. <laughs> yeah. Cool. 
Um, oh yeah, I will never discount the amount luck has to do with where <laughs> oh, I've ended no. up. I mean, that's just um, that's crazy though. I yeah. Mean. So yeah, so a really cool. Uh, so the the petition thing that was one thing. I think more I lean on that we have these mutual friends and uh, kind of come from the same headspace with yeah. us. So we connected like immediately. Okay. There was no like we were comfortable instantly. That's we, so awesome. Yeah. So we met in person. Uh, we had already started on the game. We met in person in San Francisco like maybe three or four months after we started, and it was just like really easy to just go. Have a, we met on the day that the first trailer launched. Oh, okay. So we went and we were sitting in the middle of the, of the day at 21st Amendment Brewery in San Francisco, like nervously sipping our beers, <laughs> looking at YouTube on our phones. <laughs> and they didn't, and this was with Adam and Sean, and they didn't know about the, at the time at least, the YouTube 301 plus thing. Right, where yeah. If a count... If a video is getting seen a lot right after debut, it stops at or used to stop at three hundred and one. Yeah, they just fixed that finally. Yeah, and it would sit there for like a day. So they're like, yeah. "Oh my god, only three hundred people have watched it. Oh no, we're doomed." Yeah. And I'm like, "No, no, this is good. That <laughs> means at least that many have watched it, and probably we'll see tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, and then the next day it jumped to a like twenty thousand or something. That's, That's awesome. Much better. So you met, you uh, mentioned meeting in San Francisco. They are in LA, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so was that hard to like work kind of remotely from them? No, and I most everybody I work with is remote. Okay. Uh, so I'm used to it. And then uh, again, we kind of got off on this the right foot. Like mm-hmm. it was really easy for me to get the 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 gist of what we needed to do. And then just to start cranking out music. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we didn't work with, okay, this week is this level. We have to finish this level and we'll move on to the next. I was doing much more like broad strokes, like with where the music could fit in. Yeah. And you'll even notice that the actual album, like the Bandcamp record, is a different sequence and order. That's because that is like its own story, however abstractly. Uh, okay. okay. So... I didn't just like progress through the game and then line up the music to match for right. the album. Uh, so yeah, so it was very much just like spending as much time as I could just writing music and writing mm-hmm. music. And at the time, you know, I did a lot of the sound design work, uh, especially early on. But that was more just kind of like a list. We need footsteps. We need like a rustling bush. We need a bird. You know, just like kind of like okay, here's these. And again, without putting them in the game proper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, we got a, a, a sound designer to really help flesh all that stuff out. And then that was in the final push. And then I could really concentrate on the polishing, the music, yeah. and uh, things like the ghost voices took a lot of time. It's okay. my own fault. I had, a, <laughs> I had a very solid idea for what the ghost voices should be. Uh, I felt like since we had the tape and the radio and all this like communication stuff as part yeah. of the mythology of the game that the ghosts would communicate by chopping up those radio broadcasts and spitting them out so Mm -hmm. they would take words from uh a radio show from 1936 and chop those words up and spit them out at the at the characters okay so that's how they were communicating so i had that idea but then realizing that 
then you can't just have a script that's a list of these things and have one person read them all and yeah. boom, done. It's like we had like eight people read them all and then I'm editing and then they change the lines or they add lines throughout the process of the game. Okay, yeah. That's... So that took so... <laughs> it sounded really cool, though. Yeah, like, yeah thank cool, you. Cool and sound yeah. yeah, it definitely came... That's what I would imagine, like, a demon to sound like. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, once I start hearing that in the middle of the night, I know. Yeah. I know what's happening. And that was one thing. And like I said, with the music not really hammering home creepiness the whole time you know just yeah. being like really obvious like shrill strings or anything mm-hmm. but it was using the sound design to do that mm-hmm. like how do we make this stuff not devil scary low voice stuff but yeah. what is off-putting and creepy as possible and so that there was more time than normal put into yeah making that stuff sound the way it does and we didn't know it was gonna be when i play video games like i try not to find out as much as i can about them before going in because i want to just have the immersion or whatever you know what i mean just have it explain what it wants to you yeah so i didn't know like going into oxenfree that it was going to be creepy you know what i mean because i didn't even watch the trailer before playing it and so it definitely was like just very surprising because like the beginning you know it's very like bright and light and everything and then it just kind of gets there and yeah. it's really interesting because then the music can still stay kind of somewhat jovial even when you're seeing like someone with red eyes like floating and you're <laughs> like what's happening here but, yeah. yeah that's awesome because that's my favorite stuff like if I can just hear that something's good or a friend says you would like this and then I don't know anything other than yep. that yeah. yeah it's like oh that's the stuff that's my that, favorite yeah. too because then you don't get anybody else's like opinion or mm-hmm. how you're supposed to feel yeah. about it and like sometimes trailers either show too much or they they kind of tell you how you're supposed to feel and yeah I just like yeah. to just experience it even with yeah. like TV shows and movies yeah. oh yeah absolutely yeah I'm the I'm the worst at spoiling myself but I try <laughs> so like I I'm the biggest Road Warrior nerd. Mad Max was my thing. Okay. Like, even Again, this is another weird kid thing. All my friends were into... And I, I was into Star Wars, too. I won't say I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But everybody was into Star Wars. I was into Mad Max. Okay. Because a 10-year-old kid. You're, like, really into this hyper-violent <laughs> yeah. Road Warrior. I was like, oh, no. The Mad Max is the best. Oh, Han Solo sucks. Huh? <laughs> Max Rockatansky. Um, so when that movie came out, I was like, don't watch. Don't don't watch any trailers. Just go in. And I couldn't help myself. I mean, it was uh, everywhere. Got, like, yeah. yeah. And I got giddy, though. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks really good. I've got high hopes and then was not disappointed. Yeah, I either go, like, one of two ways. I, like, look up as much information as I can, and then I go in, or I'm just like, don't talk to me. Don't show me anything. But it's so yeah. hard to avoid it sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. So, so what's next for you? Yeah. Uh, that you can talk about. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's the frustrating thing. I'm at this weird crux where I can barely talk about anything I'm working on. Uh, one thing that just happened, though, is a non-video game thing. I did a short documentary for uh, PBS that just won an Emmy, so I'm oh, very wow. happy with that. It's called Wildlife Detectives. Okay. So it's a, like a local production. So I think it's called Regional Emmys or something. Oh, okay. So it won Best Documentary. So I'm That's very awesome. That's proud awesome. of that. Um, but yeah, so there are several games being worked on. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> That's exciting. Uh, so yeah, one should be announced and even released within the next couple months. Okay, so So, so this is very weird because there's no... It's small. It's a small game, but there's like no lead-up hype. We don't get to okay. talk about it for a year before. Okay. Um, that should be soon. And then, 
yeah, working on working with uh, Broken Rules from Austria on a game that should come out early next year. Working with Super Brothers on a project. Might be working with Night School on something. Cool. Secret, uh, secret, 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 <laughs> secrets. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, console to play on? Um, actual controller is like the actual physical controllers, the Xbox controller. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, Definitely right now, PlayStation. That's exactly yeah. where we're at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. We just got a PS4 because, I don't know, like, we've just been getting, like, I feel like the Xbox library can be, there's just so many more indie games on the PS4 right now. That, and I like the smaller games because yeah. they're usually just, like, the art style is so pretty. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm definitely the same way about the mm-hmm. controller, too. But Yeah, yeah I love the Xbox controller so much. Yeah. And PS4 has had a great run with those indies. Too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We were looking through the library and first guy like, "There's so many games here that we want to play that look so yeah. weird. Some of them have look like cool stories and stuff like that." So yeah, yeah very excited to get into that. Uh, when like looking forward, uh, it seems like you want to continue working with games. Do you think you're gonna? Is there like an ideal project that you would want to work on, or like a franchise? Um, I have no problem saying that. Uh, Oxenfree was like kind of was definitely an ideal oh wow uh, just because musically it's like if I was if I'd never gotten into video games and was still like I'm just gonna make a record like that would be the music I would make right. yeah but it's impossible to say there's another project I'm working on that's been going on for a really long time and has not been publicly announced yet is kind of like that cool answer. dream project in not just the what the final product is but um in the process, it's been very kind of R and D experimental trying mm-hmm. out. We've just had the advantage of being a small team and having the time to experiment. So that's been really great. Um, Were yeah. you always into playing video games growing up? Off and on, I think. Like as a little kid, I was. But then when I got into music, I just went music. Right. Okay. I feel that. Uh, Playing in bands and just being too poor to own anything. Yeah. Uh, it's half the battle. Yeah, and just... Uh, and then I got back into it uh, slowly, and then re- like it really took off when I started getting offers to work on games. I was right. like, well, I better know what I'm doing. Yeah, or what uh, the competition is, or yeah, what yeah. other people are doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite game of all time? Of all time? Um, man. It's probably a hard question. Maybe. There's Yeah, for different aspects. Um, I'd say, I guess, uh, Mist would be a game that I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, that hit me at the right age, too, where I was like, oh, you know, this games can be this. And even though it's, like, very, by today's standards, very primitive, mm-hmm. um, uh, really, really engaged me, and that's that puzzle solving thing. So, yeah. like recently, like The Witness, we are playing, playing that right now. now. Yeah. <laughs> we like um, that, apparently. Guess. Yeah, definitely. That's a, a, a game in recent memory that's really struck me right. It's and, infuriating. Yeah, it's so beautiful. hard. <laughs> it's really um, difficult. Well, I have this habit. Like, I don't play. I'm a quality, not quantity person. Yeah. So. I want, I got a hundred percent the witness. That's and what I all pretty much are. yeah, and I didn't do anything else. 
game oh, wow. game wise. I did other. I led my life. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Only the witness. I, I ate things. I drank. But yeah, foods. I think it came out. Did it? Came, it came out like a, right around when Firewatch did, and I was yeah. like, and I was like, sorry, Firewatch. You get to. I <laughs> I I I'm really excited to play you, but I'm not gonna play until I. Uh, Finish the witness. We just finished the. Uh, we just finished Firewatch. Actually, we were super nice. late playing it, and I mean, we really enjoyed it. I'm not sure how I felt about the ending. I thought it was like I thought it like climaxed a little too soon for yeah. the ending. But what did you think about that game? Yeah, I loved it. You loved it, especially too. I think it's weird to say it, but man, they really nailed it in like the first two minutes was yeah. just like what? you're drawn in mm-hmm. yeah like like story not that. fair like it was just too good like I was like and not that everything else I felt lived up to it from yeah. there on but it did a great job of like establishing this is what this is the kind of game yeah uh, it had a great story to it yeah, yeah. so I yeah. loved the dialogue it was very natural and yeah. you know the, the guy atmosphere was... of it all too was really fantastic yeah, yeah. um so yeah uh uh, yeah, other games, favorites of all time. I played the shit out of Halo and Halo 2. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing. I just can't... I'm not a big multiplayer person anymore, but okay. I really, when Halo 2 came out, I played a lot of that. Are you going to be um, playing Overwatch? Probably not. Okay. I just can't do it. I can't do the competitive thing. Yeah. So this this will sound st- so totally ridiculous, but even though it's just a game, I still... Team games? Like, if it's just... One person versus another, yeah. And I just and I always get my ass kicked. I'm like, fine, you know, it's just me. But if it's like a team thing, I feel like I'm letting people down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, my comrades. Oh my so God. so I get like actual like I get nerves. Like I feel like strung out. Like after playing, so I'm like, well, this isn't what video games should do. Like, yeah. It's relaxing. Relaxing. So have fun with Overwatch, Overwatch people. But I'm not gonna join. No, that's me when I play like GTA Five heists because yeah. you have like such a long lobby that you're waiting to get in there, and like if you fuck up in there, like you're really killing everybody's like last yeah. two hours. Yeah. And so I have to be like so on it, and I'm you know I'm not like yeah. amazing, so yeah. it's just really embarrassing. Well, he, yeah. So here's a super nerdy thing and I again I'm just like shoot and be shot I'm just not that into but games that do the multiplayer but there's enough strategy involved yeah that's what I really liked and there was stuff like that in Halo 2 where it's like well I'm not the best like in a like a gunslinger showdown yeah but I know how to like bogart a certain uh, piece of equipment or if I stand here and shoot rockets here I can Mm -hmm. totally like dominate this part of the map so it was like these weird like idiot strategies (laughs) that once I figured out nobody could figure out I was like oh I'm actually helpful if I grab the tank and I just keep shooting here the entire game even though it's like not fun Mm -hmm. in the traditional sense like that would that that would get me past that like fear of like letting the team down yeah um but yeah so since then it's been it's even got worse in terms of like me, my love of puzzle games. Yeah. So like the witness, I'm like, oh, this is, this is so great. We were like, we honestly got the PS4 just to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, have you heard of uh, the stupidly named Steven Sausage Roll? No. no. Okay. 
if you let so it's aesthetically complete opposite of the witness but in terms of puzzle challenge and progression it's really similar Ooh. so i'm playing the, and that so that's the current obsession is like <laughs> okay. somebody a friend of mine on steam was even making fun of me i, I don't know if she knew what the game was she's like, just the name of what's it what's with all the sausage roll that's going on over there <laughs> is that uh, just on steam or is it also on i think PS4? it's just on pc Mac. okay okay um but yeah, so you're a little dude with a fork rolling sausages around to grill them evenly. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, how stupid does that sound? Yeah, but it like, uh, kind of sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be playing I Am Bread soon, so I mean, yeah. we're oh, there's like a, anything yeah. weird. And another one on that level in terms of puzzle difficulty versus like how ridiculous it looks is a snake bird. I haven't heard of that one um, either. So that's another one where, yeah, you're a snake bird. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And you're, yeah, you'll just have to see it, but it's another really challenging puzzle game. I feel like we should trade recommendations for puzzle games because yes, that's definitely. like, that is my favorite type. I know you like your, your like first person shooters and everything like I that. I do enjoy them, but I also obviously enjoy the puzzle story, and games, story games. And puzzle games are my favorite. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much, Andy, for coming on the yeah, show. No yeah, problem. It's been very amazing. enlightening. And Good. I've learned thank a lot you. of different things. Uh, where can we find your stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, SCNTFC is Googleable and will bring up everything. But right, yeah, cool. so it's like we'll tweet it too. Yeah. As well. Scientific.bandcamp.com. Twitter's at scientific. Think yeah, scientific.com is my website. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that's the way. And then so all the stuff that I can't talk about. That's where You'll I will find be out. talking about them soon. Awesome. And like I said, one of them, it should announce any day now. And it's something I'm very excited about. That's so exciting. Right. Well, yeah. we'll keep a lookout for that. And we'll yeah. probably mention it when we find out. But thank you so much yeah, for having a couple of coffee with us today. Yes. And before we go, uh, we actually have a surprise for you guys. Uh, we're doing a little giveaway. Uh, Night School was kind enough to provide us with six codes for Oxenfree to give away to you guys. Uh, it's the Xbox One version of the game, and it's not region-specific, so no matter where you guys are in the world, you can enter it. And we're going to have some links on our website, coffeewithcradle.net, and our Twitter with the link to sign up for the giveaway. And I haven't decided yet how long it's going to run for or anything like that. I would say at least six days. <laughs> at least no. six days, <laughs> but six people. Uh, if you're interested in trying out Oxenfree, which we highly recommend, yeah. and if you have an Xbox One... Uh, go check that out and yeah we'll pick some winners in like a week or so all right well then uh thank you once again for joining us binges stay tuned we did not forget about you we are going to be doing that in a moment but let's clink it up here all right bring in the mugs <laughs> that was one hell of a clink all right bye guys well that was cool that was really enlightening and fun i feel like i learned so much I, and i have so many games to play now yes that was just a fantastic interview yeah i love learning about things that like i would you know i mean especially because we play video games all the time like it's cool yeah. to learn about like how it's fucking made. i never thought i would be like interviewing people in the industry about like shit that goes down with making games and whatnot yeah. so it's really cool so that was fun <laughs> for us i'm not gonna lie guys if you heard any noise during that i mean pride is also happening too so that's something but also the cats 
they were, were extra. They were they were trying so hard to fuck this up, and yeah. also Andy was like low key allergic to them. So <laughs> you know, um, that was interesting. But yeah, let's get into bench time. Yeah, we're so, going to the movies. Yeah, guys. you guys are different movies, and we're gonna start off with Nicole, who is Ice Age Collision Course. Honestly, guys, this was so hard to do. <laughs> Carissa is Pirates of the Carissa Bibian. <laughs> Slow Nolan is Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. That was a stretch. We couldn't fucking do it. Raven Darrow is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sarah Booth is Phone Booth. Tense, tense movie. Allison Sense is The Sixth Sense. Hunter Curtis is Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Amazing. Megan Rackley is Rocky. Rockley. <laughs> Skylar Medley is Skyfall. Skyfall. Uh, Taylor Collins is Tinker. What is this? The Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy? Okay, I'm not really sure what that is, but I'm sure it, it exists. It, yeah. <laughs> Heather Ann is Heathers. <laughs> I know we talked about that before. <laughs> Sloan Fuller is Full Metal Jacket. Emma Corbeil is The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Danielle Manis is Old Yeller, because you're always yelling, binge. Kate Convery is The Conjuring. <laughs> Not a conversation. Angelica Feliz is Angels in the Outfield, a classic. Corey Springfield is Coraline. Creepy. Josie West is West Side Story. Sarah Cook is The Jungle Book. Jennifer Cornwell is Children of the Corn, a.k.a. Chris. <laughs> Sophia Cock is Hancock. Ash Rozelle is Whiplash. Nicole Allen is Allegiant. <laughs> Cody Castillo is Castaway. Beth Fonseca is Macbeth. Cornelia Thulin is Thor. Sophie Adams is the Adams Family movie. Christina Contreras is Contagion. <laughs> Megan Grint is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Grint is like... All right, so Grinch is basically Grint and Binch. <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, Jade Holden is Blade Runner. Jade Runner, you know? Allison Dowell is Black Hawk Down. Catherine Simpson is The Simpsons Movie. Bridget Carey Davis is Bridget Jones Diary. Marlene Naj is Marley and Me. Cater Liriano is Liriano Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca O'Donnell is 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Kendall Berg is Taken. <laughs> okay, that was definitely <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Allie McGregor is Alien. Alien. <laughs> Megan Greeley is Megan Mind. Mega Mind. <laughs> okay, that wasn't even that bad. Chloe Killup is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Ian Murphy is Dial M for Murder. Cassandra Buckhout is Casablanca. Very nice classic there. Maddie Pullman is Napoleon Dynamite. Amanda Marie is The Amazing Spider-Man. Was not that amazing. I know. I, we walked out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Shell is Citizen Kane. Rosebud. Um, Jackie Brigiulio is Jack and the Giant Peach. It's James, bitch. I just realized it was James. Oh, my God. God damn it. Chris. I fucked that That's up. That's okay. Well, now you're a new movie, Jack and the Giant Peach. And it's the sequel. Jack and the Giant it's his, <laughs> <laughs> it's his. It's his twin brother. Okay. Camellia Malky is Paul Blurt Mall Cop. Don't let me relive this. <laughs> Caitlin Whalen is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Lucy Ravenscroft is Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Cody Robinson is Robin Hood. 
Tegan Anderson is the A team. Lauren Siobhan is Schindler's List. You know, not a not a happy one. <laughs> Taco Roach is Revolutionary Roach. Elsa <laughs> <laughs> Frank Coy is Frankenstein. Haley Cadwalder is the Wolf of Wall Street. Sarah Seaman is Deep Blue Sea, a classic. Dana Daly is the Danish girl. I thought that meant like the pastry for a moment. <laughs> you know? Megan Wilson is Goodwill Hunting. Jackie Lampo is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Claire Wood is Cabin in the Woods. Kelly Adams is Cadet Kelly. Oh my god. <laughs> Move it! <laughs> Get down here, Cadet! Okay, sir. Hannah Peterson is Edward Scissor Hands. Jenna Gornier is Jennifer's Body. Oh my god, my sexual awakening. <laughs> Sasha Smith is Shawshank Redemption. Sarah is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Bridget Dubin is Bridge to Terabithia. Vlyn Andrew is V for Vlindetta. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, Jax is Percy Jackson. Hillary Gay is The Hills Have Eyes. Anna Hernandez is Animal House. Jennifer Holtz is Holes. Courtney White is Snow White and the Huntsman. Elizabeth Doles is Million Dollar Baby. Dollar Baby. Dollar. Dollar Baby. Shelly Smith is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mackenzie Knight is The Dark Knight. And Rachel Evans will eventually find out what a movie is. Come on, Rachel. <laughs> Come on. It's 2016. You just you watch it and you learn, you know. All, all right, right, so the rest of the Beach Bunches, I would say they're all of, like, the, the next Ice Age movies, all the sequels. Because <laughs> that's how many there are probably going to be in total. Yes. It's the rest of the Binchos. All right, so we got Allie Malone. We got Mariah Hanna. Kathleen Wynn. Zoe Armawick. Elizabeth Holbrook. Rose Barnett. And Megan Preyes. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys like video games and you liked this episode, we hope you learned a lot we yeah. we honestly wanted to have more episodes like this where we pick the brains of people that are a lot more successful and smart <laughs> than us yeah. so and make sure you guys enter the giveaway if you're interested yeah we got six codes to give away yeah so please go and play oxen free it's not sponsored we didn't get paid shit for this we just wanted to do it and we yeah. did really love that game so highly you recommend it see our stream of it again it's on youtube and we had a lot of fun with yeah that, that was that Clarissa was one of the lit piece of shit oh my god <laughs> they tweeted like fan art of Clarissa the other day and I was just like I rolled my eyes at my Twitter <laughs> timeline I was like fuck Clarissa she's like still not my fave and that's you can see how we picked we managed to get like the most the least likely ending things you know what I mean yeah like, we always do always that always do that like, every we managed to like make everybody hate us by the end of the game I think I think we really <laughs> fucked it up and we need to play it again like I feel like an idiot like I hope Andy does not watch our stream like, you know what I'm saying alright well thank you guys so much for having a cup of coffee with us and supporting the show and, and we will see you on Thursday alright bye bye that was a HeadGum Podcast <laughs>